Thank you for joining the Pinewood Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you fresh perspective on how God is moving in your life. For more information, visit us at pinewoodboulder.com. Enjoy the message. We thank you again. Leaving our worship, Father, just even as we sing that, your love, your mercy, your peace, your kindness, all I can think about, God, is what have I ever done to deserve that? What have I ever done to deserve your love, your peace, your kindness, and how your word says that I will never leave you, uh, I will never forsake you. Your, your love, it surrounds us, Father. And so we feel that in this place. And God, we're just so grateful that we can come together, worship, take communion, break the bread, drink the wine, and remember the sacrifice that you did for us, Father, to make a way to have a relationship with the Father. God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for this time together. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, you got to have a seat. Go ahead and have a seat tonight. Your love surrounds me. Man, I love that song so much. Guys, we're going to go ahead and close out our series tonight talking about baptism. We've been working through a series right now called Make Room, and it's been the theme that we're going to be talking about the whole year. You may even hear people joke about it sometimes in their lives, and they're like, hey, listen, we're going to make room. Man, why are you doing that? We're making room. Why are you spending time with that person? I'm making room. For community, making room for the presence of God, making room for the mission of God, which is what we talked about the first week. And tonight we're going to lean into making room for obedience. And the first step of obedience, I believe, for any follower of Christ is baptism. So you may be here tonight with a lot of confusion surrounding baptism. What does it mean to be baptized? I've heard this before. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. I think there's a lot of just ignorance surrounding baptism. And I'd just love tonight just to shed a little light on what the Scriptures has to say about it. So we're coming at it tonight from a very topical stance. We're going to be going around and reading a bunch of different passages of Scripture. But really what my prayer is for tonight is that at the end of our time together that you would have a full understanding of who needs to be baptized, why we baptize, and how we baptize. So that's my outline, actually. That's, that's exactly how we're going to be breaking it down tonight. Uh, there was about five years ago, I was a mission pastor. And you may be wondering, what does a mission pastor do? He travels the world and gives people money. I don't know. That's what I did. That was my role. I traveled the world, and I looked for where we could give them money, mission money of the church to. And we partnered with everybody from unreached people groups who had never heard the gospel before. We have three orphanages. Uh, we worked with anti-trafficking in several different countries and homes, pulling women out of human trafficking and lots of other amazing things. It was really an awesome job. And there was this one trip that I got to actually go to South Asia. Well, I got to go to a lot of closed countries. You may not know this, but there are some countries around the world that you cannot talk about being a Christian, where you will actually get hurt. Um, you know, you could lose your job. Your family w would disown you. And in, in many places around the world, I was actually doing a lot of research this morning on that, many places around the world even murdered and killed because of it. You know, that may be a strange concept to many of you because we live in Boulder, Colorado, where 
that's cool. You just be a Christian, be you, do whatever, and that's okay. But it's not like that all around the world. And there was this one location that I was at specifically where it was really, really harsh. And like, I, there, the whole time that I was in this country, they were telling me stories of these men and these other pastors. Almost every pastor that I met had been beaten for the gospel. I mean, when we're talking about whether or not we're going to be obedient to God, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll for sure be obedient when it feels amazing and, and when there isn't repercussions for it. But when I got to get a little bit out of my comfort zone, I don't know. But here, pastor after pastor, oh yeah, this, I remember that I was beaten here, I was beaten here, abused here, they threatened my family here, I lost my job here, and I'm like, what am I even doing with my life? Have you ever had those types of moments where you meet somebody that's like, like radical Christian and you're, you're kind of reflecting on your own life like, okay, I'm going to, I need to do something. Nobody's, nobody's coming at me. Well, I was in this country and I had this opportunity to join a baptism service. And in these countries where it's really, you know, challenging, to say it lightly, to share the gospel, man, it is extremely challenging to follow through in baptism. Like many countries in particular will say, all right, you're a Christian, good for you. We'll know you're serious when you get baptized. And so they don't even mess with them until they don't come underwater and it's like, okay, boom, he's serious. And that's when the attack comes. And I was in this country in this big open field uh, and I was thinking that we're going to baptism service. We got it. We're going to baptize one, maybe two people. And, and I showed to this baptism service in this closed country, mind you. Uh, do we have a picture of that that we can pull up? Isn't it amazing? I mean, look at that line. Wow. So good. No, it's coming. There's people praying in the room right now. It's going to come at some point. Anyways, I'm surrounded. There's a line of 100 people. Hey, there it is. There's a line of over 100 people on both sides following through with believers' baptism. Look at that. And there's this little pool right there. Mind you, there's, this is a closed country. They're not even... Like, if they come out that they're a believer, for sure they're going to get hurt. There are even uh, some of the, in this area in particular, which I won't share any of the details, there were hits on Christians from governing officials. Meaning, if you bring an arm in or a head, they give you a certain amount of money. And here you have these people stepping out with the biggest, most joyful smiles on their faces, hands raised, Stepping into the water, shouting hallelujah to Jesus, saying, I get to do this. I get to be baptized. Hallelujah. I'm going to follow through in believer's baptism. And I got down in the water, and I'm already kind of an emotional person. But like the second I started getting down in the water and seeing this, I was just like the whole time I'm like, do you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they were so chill. I was like, I just, man, I just don't understand you the radical faith and love that you guys have. And we see a lot of that even in scriptures. Tonight, the title of tonight's message is that baptism, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal in scriptures. 
and it's still here several thousand years later, it's still a big deal today. If you would take your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew 28, and we're going to start off by looking at the final words of Jesus. I think it's kind of cool that tonight we get to take communion, which happened just before uh, Jesus went uh, to the cross. And then we get to see his final words here in Matthew 28. This is known as the Great Commission. Let's go ahead and just read verses uh, 18 through 20. It said, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's go ahead and pray before we unpack this ordinance of baptism. God, uh, thank you again for this time. God, I ask that today that your spirit would move among us. Uh, We know that your spirit reveals truth and that your spirit speaks directly to the bone and the marrow of who we are through your word. So, Father, we pray that today people would leave changed. Pray that today that if there was somebody here uh, that has not followed through with baptism, that they would just lean in into this message to, so that they could clearly understand what the scriptures has to teach on baptism. And, Father, finally, I just, I just pray that if there's anybody here that does not have a personal relationship with you, that tonight would be the night that they would say, I want to be a follower of Jesus, that I put my faith in you, God, and that I repent of my sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The first thing we're going to be looking at tonight is why we baptize. Why we baptize. First and foremost, we baptize because it's commanded by God. We're going to unpack several other reasons, but first and foremost, we see it commanded by God here. It says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. You may have wondered before where we got that. If you've ever experienced a baptism service and we say, Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Yes, I have. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's because it's exactly how Jesus outlines for us to do it. So, We're commanded to do it, and it was ordained by God for us to baptize in this way. There's two ordinances of Scripture, and we talked about this before. The ordinances, and these are specific for the local church, are communion in the Lord's Supper and believers' baptism. I'm going to rapid-fire really quick some text in the book of Acts And I just want you to listen in, and I want you to see if you see any connections within the text. All right, I'll talk about them after I read these, but lean into the text a little bit and see if you can tell me some words that stand out. Acts 8.36, as they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's water. What would keep me from being baptized? Acts 9.18, At once, something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. And then he got up and was baptized. Acts 16, 30-33. He escorted the mountain and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his house. He took them to the... He took them the same hour of that night and washed their wounds. Right away, he and all of his family were 
baptized. Look for progression. Look for words that stand out. Acts twenty two fourteen through 16. And he said, The God of our ancestors has appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. Since you will be a witness for him to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you delaying? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So we can see in even just some of these texts, and there were many, many, many more that I could have pulled out out of the book of Acts and all throughout scriptures. But as we see with the whole weight of scriptures consistently is that you have faith in Jesus Christ. The scripture says, believe and you will be saved. Then we see repentance and confession for Christ, acknowledging your sins before Christ. Then you're saved. Repentance and faith. Repent. Let me under, break this down for you briefly. Repentance is when you are walking in one way towards self and you say, God, I'm going to turn. The word literally means to turn and I'm going to follow you. And that's what I mean by put faith in Jesus Christ is I believe you. I don't see you, but I put all of my faith in who you are, that you are who you say you are. And repentance is saying, I'm going to completely turn and I'm going to walk towards Christ. Repentance and faith are always connected together and they're prerequisites for baptism. Baptism does not lead you to salvation. Salvation leads you to baptism because it's an act of obedience. And we see that clearly in scriptures. Now, there are some texts in scriptures that are a little confusing if you read them, just the one verse. But here at Pinewood Church, we take the weight of scriptures to help us discern some of those more challenging texts. And in, the scriptures are very clear and very consistent that it's repentance of faith lead to salvation. And then after salvation, people are baptized. And we even saw that in our cruise this week, uh, which, shout out, record number of crews, shout out to our crew leaders, had 45 in crews this week. Pretty awesome. But in our cruise, we actually looked at Acts chapter 8 with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. They were traveling along the way. And the eunuch says, man, I'm reading this text, but I have no idea what I'm reading. And Philip, sent by God, said, man, I can help you discern that text. Let's look at that together. Shares the gospel with him out of Isaiah. The man comes to faith, walking along the journey, and boom, right there, he says, there's water. What's preventing him from being baptized? It's like, nothing, baby, let's go. We're going to have a dunking party in the desert. And then it gets a little crazy because he comes out of the water. Philip's, poof, gone. Don't know where he goes, but he for sure just disappears, which is awesome. <laughs> I've always been waiting for that moment during our baptism services where I'm just like, but in the Father and the Holy Spirit, just, just, I just, I'm just gone. Holy Spirit's like, new assignment, taking you somewhere else. But we see that happen with Philip. Scriptures actually say the Holy Spirit snatched him away, like plucked him out of that location. Anyways, we always see, back to the scriptures, we always see obedience as being a key component of following after Jesus Christ immediately after you come to Christ. And you may be saying here today, well, dang, I came to Christ a long time ago, and I haven't followed through in baptism. That's okay, because we're having a baptism service coming up. And you can go ahead and have that step of obedience sooner than later on February 17th. But I wanna, I'm curious, if you're here today, and I'm, I'm curious meaning I'm, you don't have to respond to me out loud, but I want you to think about it internally. If you're here today and you have put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, 
You've made Jesus Lord of your life. You're following him in every area. I'm just wondering, what would prevent you from following through with believer's baptism? What's the thing? You know, there's uh, several theologians I was looking at outlined many different reasons as to why people might not want to follow through in baptism. One being uh, pride. You're not dunking me in that water. I don't know. I mean, you get dunked in water, like, Pretty much all the time anyways. So I don't, know, I don't know why that would be a thing, but it could be. It could be ignorance as to, uh, I just didn't understand what it meant. It kind of felt a little weird for me. Or it could just be rebellion. I don't know. Just God's, well, God's going to tell me what to do. I'd be like, hold on. I watch out with that type of an attitude. But there could be many, many reasons I think one of the main reasons why many people don't follow through with believer's baptism is just because there's a misunderstanding about what baptism is. Uh, we see it outlined in scriptures, but I feel like we don't often lean into it and actually unpack what it is, who gets baptized, how we baptize. And so that's why we wanted to take this time today to talk about it. But what's preventing you from being baptized? I love the way Paul said it here in Acts 22. He says, why are you delaying? Get up and be baptized. So if I could lean into the Apostle Paul's words today, not mine, why are you delaying? Get up and be baptized. Sign up for baptism on February 17th. We go all out on baptism, by the way. It's not like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know. It's a party. It's a celebration because we believe that whenever somebody publicly professes that they're a follower of Jesus Christ, we go nuts. There's bells. We shout, for real, we have bells, and we ring them. You may be here like, can I request no bells? Yes, fine. If you don't want bells, we'll eliminate the bells. <laughs> uh, um, and then finally, uh, moving right along, Jesus led by example when he was baptized. Uh, you may be thinking like, Jesus was baptized? That kind of feels, why would he be baptized? But he was being obedient to the Father and leading out by example for us. And I just think today, like if something's preventing you from being baptized, if Jesus was baptized and he led by example and he was obedient to the Father, what's preventing you? So, moving on. Who we baptize. And so this speaks more of the identification and the magnitude. And I'll just say this as clear as possible. I already covered it, but I'll say it again. Every born-again believer, that's who's baptized. Every born-again believer. This is a, a, a point of identification with Christ. It's identifying ourselves as Christ followers. My son recently was baptized, one of the most epic uh, celebratory moments of my life. Uh, you know, when you're, you know, before you have kids, I'm going to get emotional. Sorry, today has been an emotional day for me for many reasons. Uh, but you pray for your kids and you pray every night, especially like before you even have them. You're like, God, I just want them to follow you. I want them to care about a relationship, not image. I don't care what they do. I just want them to know you, serve you, love you, all those things. And man, I pray that for all of our kids. And I remember the day that uh, Ryan came to us and professed, said, man, I, I, I want to know that I have a relationship with God. And Jess and I sat down with him. We walked him through what that means to have a relationship with God. And he got saved. And shortly after, he was hounding us about being baptized. Literally. He was like, when am I getting baptized? When am I getting baptized? And I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit can prompt 
even a child in baptism. I think about that with a eunuch all the time. Surely he knew, but still, like, the Spirit's like, get baptized, get baptized. And Ryan was like, when am I going to get baptized? And I remember baptizing him, trying to help him understand, like, he always thought baptism saved him. So it was almost like he was like, I want to seal the deal on this one and make sure it's, like, for sure. And I was like, well, it's not like that. I said, we look at baptism as an identifier. It identifies you as being a Christ follower. It doesn't save you. And so I, an illustration that I gave him was, it's like putting on a jersey on a team. He joined the Rockies Little League team. And I said, okay, imagine this. Imagine you're just fully clothed and you run out onto the field, no jersey on. Does anybody know you're on the Rockies team? Or do they, are they kind of wondering, like, what team are you on? Are you playing for? Are you going public yet that you are proud to be a Rockies? And he was like, yeah, like, yeah, I, I put the jersey on. I was like, the same is true in baptism, it's an identifier. It's not, it doesn't seal the deal. You were on the Rockies team before you put the jersey on because we paid the hundred bucks for you to be on the team. <laughs> but you were already on the team, but you identified. The same is true with a wedding ring. Just because I wear the ring doesn't make me married. It's not how that works. I was married when I said my vows before God to my wife, but I wear the ring. Why? Because I want everybody to know I'm going public. I got a beautiful wife that I love very much, and I want everybody to know it. That's what being baptized, one of the things that being baptized is as well, is it is an identifying yourself with Christ in his death and burial and in his resurrection. So moving, moving right along here, uh, there's some uh, more Scriptures that I'm going to read through really quickly uh, to emphasize my point on repentance and, uh, and faith. Matthew 3, 5 through 6. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea and all the vicinity of the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. Repentance and baptism. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, baptized. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one who should come after him. Faith, repentance, baptism. It's all over scripture. I have a lot more here. I'm not going to read them all. Google it. Repentance of faith, baptism. Boom. It'll come up all over the place and really dig into that for yourself, what the scriptures has to teach about salvation leading to baptism. It's an outward expression of an inward decision. We also like to say that it's a public declaration. So baptism doesn't happen with, like, yourself in the bathroom. You know, you, you don't fill up the tub, and then you're like, I don't like being around people, and then you're just like, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> you never see that in Scripture. It's always public. And we're not legalistic about it, you know. I mean, if, if, if you're like, man, I don't want there to be 100 people. I want there to be 5 or 10 We'll bring a couple family and friends and we can make it a little smaller. But trust me, it's a lot of fun when you do it publicly because you never know um, what lives could be changed by you identifying with Christ. I like to tell people as well, in your identification with his death, burial, and resurrection, it is the best and easiest sermon you will ever preach. You may be thinking to yourself, man, I can never get up there and prepare a text and prepare an outline and preach. Or you may be there saying, maybe out there saying, 
man, I could do a lot better than this guy. Either way, either way, which is fine. Amen, amen. I'll, I'll sign you up today. <laughs> but either way, baptism is beautiful because all you have to do is say yes. And then here you get to give the gospel publicly by being death, being uh, buried in the waters, representing Christ being buried and raised to walk. And it's a beautiful expression Baptism is more than water. It's an identification that you are a disciple and a follower of Jesus. Last point is how we baptize, and then we'll close. Uh, This is more so talking about the method and the symbolism behind it. I've already spoken a little bit about this, but we believe here that the Bible clearly teaches that baptism is by immersion. And the reason that is by immersion is, for one, uh, the Greek word, I'm going all Greek on you. That's okay. You're, you're like, okay, why is he speak, why, is, why are we talking about Greek? Well, the Bible is actually written in three different languages, one of them being Greek. And the Greek word that we see in Scripture for baptize or baptism is baptizo. Baptizo. And that word actually means to immerse or to submerge like a sinking ship. And it's ref- back in the day, it used to be referred to a lot of different things that you would submerge. Um, but it's also referred to baptism. And, well, this is why I love, and you may have been wondering why we say this, the word in its original Greek actually means to dunk. That's why we call it a dunking party. You thought we were just trying to be cool and relevant, when in reality, we're just trying to be true to the text, you know? So we have dunking parties. But another, I want to lean into this for just a second, but one of the reasons I believe it's... um, critical to, to really lean into the, that word and, and see baptism as, a, as an immersion baptism is because of Romans. Romans 6.1. I'm going to read this text uh, to you. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Who are you unaware or are you unaware that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death, Just imagine the symbol. Therefore, we were buried with him in his baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead of the glory of the Father, so we too also may walk in newness of life. So you see the buried and the raised and the symbolism picture displayed in the immersion baptism. It's hard to bury somebody with drizzles of water or splashes of water. That's why we see in Scripture the text clearly teaches all throughout scripture that it's by immersion and that it symbolizes dying to self and being raised to walk in new life. That's why even we say, as I go under, I therefore baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, being true to the command of Christ, which was to say that. And then we say, we're buried with, his, we're buried with Christ in his baptism unto death, Romans 6, and we'll go down into the water. And when we come up, we say, and we're raised to walk in new life. Now, That's not just a catchy phrase. It's not just something that sounds good in the context of a baptismal service. What it actually means is that you are literally dying to self. I'll lean into this for just a second. That means everything that you want to do that the Bible clearly teaches you're not to do, you die to it. Every sin, every pride, every piece of arrogance... Go, when it's going down, it's being buried. And that's what you do when you come to Christ and you repent. 
You say, I'm dying to self, and I'm turning, and I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to walk in newness of life. New's all over the Bible, and we're going back to the Bible. Very topical today. New is all over the Bible. In Ezekiel 36, God gives us a new heart. Ezekiel 18, a new spirit. Psalms 4, 3, 43,2, a new song. Revelations 2, 17, a new name. Ephesians 4, 24, new self. Galatians 6, 15, a new creature. And then my favorite... I don't know if I'm supposed to have favorites. A second Corinthians 5.17 is, if anyone is in new Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. I like that. I like that imagery. I like the visual. I like the symbolism there. Because I, I needed to be made new. I, I, every day I still need that. That's why the confession is... And repentance is not just a one and done, but it's a daily. Scripture says we die to ourselves daily. We're going to go ahead and, and close in the service. If the worship band wants to go ahead and come on up, we're going to go ahead and close tonight. And at, at the end of every service, I always give walking points. And these are just very just practical ways that we can apply uh, the text and in the most practical way possible. Um, I want to encourage you in the very first thing that if you have not been baptized, I believe that the scripture clearly teaches that following repentance and faith, that as disciples and followers of Christ, we are to follow through first and foremost with believers' baptism. And on February 17th, we're going to have a baptism service. We're going to fill up a pool outside with warm water, I was actually watching some baptisms today. There's some funny baptisms out there, y'all, where in Russia, y'all probably saw this, they cut a hole in the ice and they hold people's hands and they dip them down into the ice water. Now, if you want the experience of a frozen, uh, I was going to say, frozen baptism, hey, listen, any day, any time, we can rally a crew and we'll go down to Boulder Creek. If you're like, no, 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 I want to go public, public, we'll go to Boulder Creek any moment, any day. But on February 17th, we're going to have a pool out here with warm water. It's going to be like a hot tub. And we're going to all gather around, and we're going to all celebrate the ordinance of baptism together. And we already have some in here that are signed up and ready to go. Families are going to come. Friends are going to come. It's going to be a blast. I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to have favorite days, just like I'm not supposed to have favorite texts, but... Baptisms are always my favorite day. And it's always just amazing to me, like, the power and the magnitude behind baptism. You want to make some people upset, follow them believers' baptism. If you're like, you're, I was ta- earlier I was talking about, like, hey, it's really edgy to get baptized. You're like, yeah, I want to lean into that. Get baptized. You'll be surprised what people have to say about it. And then the last thing that I want to encourage you today is if I, as I was talking about repentance and faith, if you were hearing that for the first time and you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you today. There is, not anything that you, there is nothing that you could do today that's more important than taking a pause and saying yes to Jesus, to say yes to who he is, yes to his death, burial, and resurrection, to say I trust in who he is and I believe in who he is. And it doesn't have to be you know, this profound moment where you come down, you could do it right there in your seat, right now, in your own words. Say, 
Jesus, I confess my sins. Be specific if you want. Say, I believe that you are who you say you are, and I put my faith and trust in you. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And we're going to have a song. Uh, we're going to close in a song. And as this song plays, I just want you to take a pause in your mind. We, we call this a response song because we want you to do something during that. I want you to take it a pause. I want you to tell God today, I'm going to follow through in obedience and I'm going to get baptized. No matter what, I'm going to do it. And if you're here today, if you not put your faith and trust in Jesus, in that moment, in your own words, publicly declare him as Lord of your life and you will be saved. Our community at Pinewood Church aims to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus in Boulder and around the world. Thank you for your support. If you would like to further connect with us, you can find out more at pinewoodboulder.com or on any social media platform with the handle at pinewoodboulder.com.